Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It is Thursday. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are. Shout out to Packers fans worldwide. That's why we do what we do. Uh, if you're watching now live, if you're watching it later on repeat or listening to the podcast, the podcast numbers are really growing. Thanks to everybody who subscribed. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Packers Daily on Spotify, on Apple, on pretty much everywhere that you get your podcast. That's where you'll find Packers Daily. And where you'll find your Packers tickets is at Ticket King. That's right, folks. Hit up CheeseheadTV.com. Head to the schedule. Find yourself individual links for each and every game, home and away, pre and regular season. Ticket King. Don't use Ticketmaster. Don't use StubHub. Use Ticket King, a Wisconsin-based company. They're right across the street from Lambeau Field. Hell, you can walk there from one game and buy tickets for another. Use Ticket King, people. They're our friends. Hell, at this point, they're our family. Ticket King. So all you need for your Packers tickets. And all you need watching the Packers defense this year is to know that Kingsley Enigbari is ready to ascend. That's right. He's ready to grab the crown, if you'll pardon the expression. I don't expect that by the time we kick off in week one that he'll be a starter. I think eventually that probably ends up being Lucas Van Ness across from Preston Smith. Um, however, he will certainly be in the mix. And I know, you know, initial kind of lineups during OTAs uh, are one thing. But by the time the pads come on and we get through the preseason, I suspect he'll be a rotational guy. But that doesn't mean that he's not ready to step to the fore, so to speak. And he will be asked to um, until Rashawn Gary is back. Enigbari will have to play um, quite a bit much like he did the second half of last year. I mean, he finished the season with 31 tackles, five of them for a loss, and three sacks with eight quarterback hits. Uh, he played the most snaps in his career in that Dallas game. And, and from that Dallas game on, he you know, started pretty much every game except for one of them. Uh, he played 86 snaps on special teams, which is roughly 20%. Uh, but what I find interesting is you look at his rookie season, uh, he was first in pass rush win rate among rookies with at least 150 defensive snaps. And his 25 QB pressures placed him sixth among rookie edge rushers. This, of course, is per pro football focus. That's a pretty damn productive stint for a guy who really was only asked to play a lot in the second half of the season. Uh, I know a lot of people will look at um, some of the running plays where teams were able to take advantage of him. Uh, but I would say that overall, on balance, if you look at the entirety of his season, not only did he get better as the year went on in regards to, you know, especially early downs and things where there may be a, a pulling guard or something like that getting out on the edge. And it's, especially early in the season, you saw him taking for a ride on occasion. However, I think he really improved in that aspect. And that's something that's going to need to continue, uh, given that, like I said, he is going to be asked to play quite a bit. And I'm telling you, you talk about a guy who put a lot of really good stuff on tape when it comes to rushing the passer. And, you know, three sacks doesn't sound like a lot. But given the fact that, again, he was only really on the field a ton in the second half of the season, um, the amount of pressure that he was able to generate on a down by down basis was pretty damn impressive. And he didn't do this against scrubs. That's the other thing. It's not like this is preseason stuff. It's not like he was going against backups or, you know, even like low-end starters he was doing it against some of the better offensive tackles in the league um clearly a lot to work on there's a lot of growth to be had there but i mean 
this is it could be a pretty damn special uh sophomore season for Kingsley and Ibari if he you know obviously takes the coaching and does the work necessary on his own uh we always talk about the year one year two jump how important that is so much of that depends on these guys and what they do away from the facility uh away from OTAs and away from minicamp and when they have this summer break and what are you doing? What are you doing playbook wise? What are you doing workout wise? Uh, if he hits the ground running in camp, look out because I think he's due for maybe not a special season, but I think he can be a really important contributor and somebody who uh, you know adds to what should be by the time Rashawn gets back a pretty formidable pass rush. So we'll see. Uh, I'm very excited about this young man, and I think he could. Uh, maybe not surprise some people because I don't think any Packers fan who follows the team day, day to day, especially in the offseason, uh, doesn't know him, doesn't know his game, doesn't understand what the potential is there. But I think, you know, some of the more casual fans, the national media, they could be catching on sooner rather than later. And I would think, again, probably within the first month and a half of the season, um, he's going to make a lot of hay. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, Abdul starting us off with a super chat. How you doing, man? Hair, and I know we saw injury rate in the NFL, or we say injury rate in the NFL is 100%, but does love seem a little wiry, skinny to you? Just worry about him getting hurt. Does Tom Brady look wiry, skinny? And, you know, I really don't care about a guy's physical makeup. You know, anybody could end up twisting an ankle or having someone, uh, a offensive lineman step on him or have a edge rusher say, you know, come around to tight end who is set to block in hit your arm as you're throwing it. And no matter what your physique is, it's going to get injured. You're going to pull something. You're going to hurt something. Um, it's not so much the physique that causes people to get hurt. It's being in certain positions. And uh, at, the, at quarterback, one of the biggest ways you can help yourself is getting rid of the football. You know, one of the things Brett always used to talk about when it came to the streak and the fact that he was, you know, 300 plus games in a row is the, the, you watch his footwork and you watch how, especially as he got older, so many times he would leave the ground, uh, throw, and then hop afterwards. And he said, you know, it was something that just started kind of organically, but he kept doing it because he thought in his mind that it kept him out of dangerous situations when it came to, you know, offensive linemen on the ground or running back picking up a blitz who gets, you know, pushed back. And he didn't want his foot, like, basically land, you know, being rolled up on. And of course, every once in a while, you're going to get hit. You're going to take, you know, some punishment as a quarterback. That's life in the NFL. But again, it's much more about the situation you find yourself in and getting the ball out quickly and on time and in rhythm. And if you have to run, being smart about it, you know. So, yeah, I don't the physical makeup as far as what he looks like, say, you know, with his shirt off or when you, you see his arms at camp and you think mm, they're not like big guns. I don't care about any of that. I really don't. Mimsy, thanks for the super chat. Ted Lasso pulling a Packers stock sale. Respect. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of the latest season. I know the finale just dropped. Um, uh, my actually was just talking to my oldest. She said this season is terrible, so I've kind of avoided it. But uh, any, any Packers shout out is appreciated. Mike Malone, thanks for the super chat. How great would it be if Gutekunz did a commercial with Cellcom this year, I can only imagine him FaceTiming Jordan in it. That's outstanding. Well played, Mike. Well played. Jason, thank you for the super chat. 
I know it's way too early, but listening to Andy Herman talk about some of Jordan's mistakes has me uneasy. I have a ton of faith, though. <laughs> You're so funny. Where at during the year could we see them maybe struggle? Week one. I I don't. I know Joseph just wrote something about this for the for the website, and you should definitely all check that out. Look, there are going to be tough times, and you don't know when they're going to come. You don't know what combination is going to you know, be problematic at certain moments. I mean, if you could put a handle on it, if you could say you could circle this part of the schedule, then you, as a coach, you would be able to, oh, well, we got to work on whatever protection we need or whatever coverage they like to use, et cetera. Like, man, it's just the nature of the beast when you have, especially on offense, so many new faces and so many new places all trying to gel and work together. It's going to be tough times, especially when you have a first-year starting quarterback. As far as Andy Herman, and his uh, listing of Jordan's mistakes. Um, he's talking about what he sees on the field, right? Man, these are the things that they need to be doing, and these are the things that are expected of a first-year starter with new wide receivers, new tight ends. Mistakes are going to happen. And this is why I said yesterday, none of this shit matters, man. Let it go. None of this is game-planned. They're not going against specific things, looks, tendencies, what have you. They're not breaking down reams of data and collecting a game plan. This is install, man. Install with a bunch of dudes he's never worked with before. Don't, I'm telling you guys, don't pay any attention to OTA stats, play-by-play. -play. None of that matters. It doesn't matter. Now, it will mean a little bit more when they get into training camp and they're actually, you know, working like situational stuff, like two-minute drills and red zone and things of that nature that you know, that starts to matter still not a ton but a little bit more than otas and stuff in shorts and stuff like that during installs and what have you preseason now it comes up another notch right you get to see the operation and how they get in and out of the huddle and what happens at the line of scrimmage and what they do against certain looks certain defenses etc then you get to the regular season then the shit matters but until then man don't give yourself an ulcer don't worry about interceptions or turnovers or bad plays or missed throws. They're in the lab, man. They're in the lab. They're working. They're pouring stuff into their Bunsen burner. Or wait, you would turn on the Bunsen burner under the thing that you poured the thing into, and then that would light. Yeah. So they're working, dude. Don't worry about it, man. Chill. And look, none of this is to say that this means, oh, Jordan Love's going to be fine. I keep telling you people, you people, I keep telling you guys, there are going to be tough times. There are going to be tough stretches. They are going to happen. That is, take it to the bank. That will happen. The important part, especially this season, is for Jordan to learn from his mistakes because he's going to make them and continue to grow and continue to develop week by week, month by month. That's the most important thing. It's a long-winded answer to that super chat. Abdul, thanks again, man. Is our left tackle of the future once D-back is gone on the roster? I think we'll start to get an answer to that in training camp once the pads come on. You know, I think there's an outside chance that uh, Zach Tom could slide out there and be that answer. But I suspect it'll probably come from the draft next year, would be my guess. But a uh, long way to go. Um, maybe they they slide Yash over there if they sign him to an extension. Uh, he's obviously played a lot there at this point, but um, I suspect that answer will be drafted. John Dorn, I could not disagree more with you. 
regarding your uh, take on Andy and his uh, ability to dissect the Green Bay Packers. Andy is outstanding at what he does. Joe, thanks for the super chat. Packers haven't had enough year two jumps lately, in my opinion. Very much agreed. Especially last year was tough to watch, man. It's uh, a vital, important piece, especially if you're going to be a draft and develop program, which the Packers are. You better have those guys who you drafted, and there have been a ton of them. You need a few more hits. You need a few more guys to take that jump, especially if you want to be successful, you know, uh, while you're waiting for rookies to acclimate, as the Packers clearly will be this year. No doubt about it. Complicated fellow. You got it right, right there. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I'm more interested to see how Love does after getting blitzed to death. I think he will be fine in time. I very much agree. And I liked that. I can't remember who it was. Somebody mentioned that game against Kansas City and how, you know, he, Jordan, handled it pretty damn well for a kid making his very first NFL start. Like the team, the coaching staff, the offensive line, the protection units, they handled it really poorly. Jordan did about as well as you could expect, given the fact that they were blitzing the shit out of him in that game. I mean, Spagnuolo hit engage eight, like, I want to say 50% of the time in that game, especially every third down. If you go back and watch it, Jordan did about as well as could be expected, given that scenario. You know, and that doesn't excuse some of the poor throws or bad decisions, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, look, if he can get a little bit more support, a game plan designed around him rather than having to step into something designed for Aaron Rodgers, the list goes on. I'm with you. I'm excited to see him take his lumps and learn from them and get better. I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. Mimsy, thanks again, man. 10 and 7, I'm elated. 8 and 9, I'm satisfied this year. I feel you, man. I feel you. Look, I go, I, you know, I really kind of am all over the map when I start thinking about the Packers season, right? So much will depend on Jordan and his development. But of course, we all know so much of it will also depend on Joe Barry and his defense. And if they're able just to keep him in games, like that's the other thing. Like, we all know and expect that the offense will have its ups and downs. It's going to be, you know, probably fits and starts at times. But we expect that. Man, it's hard for me to pin many hopes on this defense, given what we went through last year. So, yeah, eight and nine, nine and eight, whatever. Like, yeah, I think that's probably a reasonable expectation. But I also see a path where they could win 10, 11 games. That could happen if things gel right, right? Offense kind of starts clicking in the second half of the year. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, kind of all over the map, though. Jonathan, thanks for the super chat. Dobbs said he learned a ton from 12 who never spoke to him. The comment made me laugh, but appreciate seeing Jordan in OTAs with his guys. Yeah, that that quote was getting a bit of a run on Twitter today. Um, I know Gil included it in his piece on Romeo Dobbs at She Said TV. If you haven't checked it out, I highly encourage you to do so. Yeah, man. Look, I love Romeo Dobbs. I think he's got insane, untapped talent and potential. And was he at times a bit inconsistent last year? Absolutely. Several other great Packers wide receivers were inconsistent their rookie year. Don't discount that ankle sprain that he, you know, suffered there in Detroit that kept him out of commission for quite some time. Coming back from that, it's always tough. High ankle sprains are no joke. Um, he was never quite right after that injury in Detroit. So I am insanely excited to watch him in year two. 
I think he's going to be a major compliment to what they have in Watson. And I think he's being slept on a little bit. Don't sleep on Romeo Dobbs. I think he's going to tear shit up in 2023. Luke, thanks for the super chat, man. I was looking at Jordy's 40, and man, he played fast. These two new tight ends could be scary along with the young wide receivers. Yeah, Jordy did play fast, way faster than his 40. But yes, those two new tight ends, it's going to be a process. It's not like they're just going to arrive week one, but the potential, it's extreme. No doubt about it. William, Lucas Patrick and Royce Newman were atrocious that game. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, but everybody was up front. Like, there wasn't a shining example just because of the 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 sheer number of pressures that they faced, and they just had no answer and just did not handle it well in any way, shape, or form. You got a first-time starter back there. <laughs> just give him a chance. Mr. Inglewood, thanks for the super chat. You're the Bears' favorite podcaster. Can't wait for week one. Not sure how to take that, but uh, thank you. Man, the Bears still suck. It's all good. Jesse, do you think the Packers are rebuilding? David Bakhtiari does. I saw those comments at the locker yesterday. Um, I think it's a roster reset. You can call it what you want. You can call it broccoli. I don't care. How's that for an answer? John, thanks for the super chat. Nags, hope you're well. You've done three dailies and not talked about Taylor Swift. How was it? I'm also going to Milwaukee this weekend. Best Green Bay bar there is? Oh, in Milwaukee? John, I have no idea. Milwaukee. I've been a denizen of uh, the greater Milwaukee area in quite some time, but uh, I'm sure anyone in the comments here will help you out. As far as Taylor Swift, I didn't go. My daughters went. Um, Madeline and Olive went by the grace of Tom Grassi, who got them tickets after I put the call out on Twitter. Um, they had a ball. They had a great time. And she played my favorite song, Style, and my girls sent me a video from it, so that was great. Um, Scott, thanks for checking out the stream, man. John Kuhn said this is the biggest, fastest, and the youngest he has ever seen as far as the team. I saw that tweet, Scott. I think they talked about it on his show. I mean, the, the I keep saying the talent and potential, it, you know, it's all there. It's all clay to be molded, and you can't help but be excited. And I know there are naysayers, and there are people who are just like, oh, they're not going to win three games, and blah, blah, blah. And fine, you can have that opinion. I get it. But, man, you cannot deny the potential, the just team dripping with potential that is the 2023 Packers. It's exciting, and I am so thrilled that we finally get to build something. You guys know, long time viewers or listeners understand what I've been saying for the last number of years is the fact that the Packers tried so desperately to get back to the top of the mountain and just couldn't do it. It got harder and harder to watch the end of every season as they just, you know, couldn't quite do it. And then we turn around and try to make it happen again and try to make it happen again. And then try to make it happen again. It just like, it was like multiple stab wounds each and every year. Now that's all gone. It's all washed away. And now we're building something new. And I absolutely love that. That's where I want to live. <laughs> Michael, that's a great comment. Shout out to all the other Michaels who pay for Super Chat. So I feel included when I listen to the podcast later. I guess I should add a question. Who's the funniest player you have ever met in person? That's a really good question. Man, you know, I will say... Down low, Kenny Clark is fucking hilarious. 
Um, he doesn't let it out too much when he's at the podium or any of his media availabilities. But when he's off the record, he's f- he's fucking funny. I will, I will, I remember last year he had Wes and I dying uh, at his locker uh, about a couple other things. But you know, Kenny's hilarious. Mike Daniels was fucking a riot when he was with the Packers. Um, Tom Crabtree, love Crabtree, both online and in person. He's hilarious. There's a few. There's a few. Mr. Tundra. Max McGee. Look, I love Max McGee. I met him in passing once as a kid, but I uh, really didn't know the man, obviously. And uh, certainly his uh, media quotes are hilarious, but I did, never got to experience uh, his day to day humor. Of course, heard him on the radio all the time, which was always great. And nothing better than hearing a slightly inebriated Max McGee talk about, uh, you know, the action on the field at Lambeau. The good old days, man. That shit was great. Jason, thanks again, man. Do you think we could be Super Bowl contenders within three years? Like you said, the potential is exciting. The team chemistry will be crazy. Jason, I'll do you one better. I think they can be Super Bowl contenders in two years. I don't think any reasonable person would suspect that they are going to be contending for a Super Bowl in 2023. But in 2024, it's a possibility. So, yes, I think they could be. Tim, thanks for the Super Chat. We ever going to get Gilbert on Cheesehead TV? Let's make it happen this year. Gilbert was on Cheesehead TV. Uh, he was on our first kind of big draft show. I want to say three, four years ago. Uh, he called in. But yes, definitely. What's funny is we've talked to him before. Um, had back and forth with uh, him and his kind of social manager. Um, definitely will happen. Love Gilbert. Obviously, all-time favorite. I was just talking about him on Twitter the other day. And how insane he was in that Super Bowl. Covering Curtis Martin out of the backfield. He's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right, everybody. I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough. Oh, Abdul, last minute. Under the wire. What's up, man? Do you see Bakhtiari taking an extension that would make him the highest paid left tackle in the league? Or do you think he's gone? I feel like he hates us. Abdul, he doesn't hate you. Um, I think all of this will will play out throughout the year. And then they will revisit things in the offseason after 2023. Um, there's no way they can go into 2024 with this contract as is. So he'll either have some kind of extension and or adjustment, restructure, what have you, or they will simply let him go, which I'm not totally discounting. That is a very legit possibility. But there's such a long way to go before we get there, man. I don't want to worry about it right now. Nick, thanks to the Super Chat, man. Wow, finally caught this live. Thanks for all the coverage. Go Pack. Thank you, Nick. Thanks for checking it out, man. And appreciate the support. Um, and look, I'll, I'll just say that to everybody. I can't tell you guys how much it means each and every day you guys come up in here and just not only watching and listening and super chatting, but hitting like and hitting subscribe. I can't tell you here in the depths of the off season. I mean, we're in June now, people, and there are diehard Packers fans. There are 272 diehard souls watching me do this. And that is so cool. I love it so much, and I appreciate it so much. I can't tell you guys. Um, thank you enough. I really can't. Um, in that light, thank you guys so much for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Patreon members, carry the G Club members. I'll see you at happy hour, the top of the hour. Talk to you then. Everybody else, have a great night.
Go Pack Go. 